Now it's good to be back. I've been slogging it away in Hawaii and we got back yesterday and uh, it's that six hour time difference that, that sort of gets you. Uh, and the older I get, the worse uh, those time differences are. Now I want to conclude Ecclesiastes today. We have six more Wednesday at first while I'm still in the saddle. Um, we'll be omitting uh, the week of Thanksgiving. I don't think there's a Wednesday at first, uh, the week of Thanksgiving. So, so there are six. And I was reading this morning a quotation uh, from Jim Packer in his book, Knowing God. It comes in the last chapter. About six things um, that you need to know to live a godly, a God-honoring life. And I thought I would take those six things and uh, find a text to match each of them, which I have, uh, and, and that's how uh, I will ride into the sunset uh, with six things to lead a God-honoring life. But let's look at Ecclesiastes 12, uh, 9 through 14. And notice uh, in verse 9 that the preacher uh, refers to himself in the third person. And some think, well, that means, that means somebody else wrote the conclusion. Well, have you never talked about yourself in the third person? I mean, have you never chastised yourself? Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads and like nails firmly fixed are collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd my son, beware of anything beyond these, of making many books, there is no end. And much study is a weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. So what have we learned, if we've learned anything at all, uh, in this 12 chapter uh, look at life and the meaning of life? And Solomon has asked us to look at the sort of world that we live in. Not an imaginary world, not a perfect world, but the messy world that all of us live in. And he's asked us to take off our rose-colored tinted glasses and to rub our eyes and look at it long and hard. And what do you see? Well, from one perspective, you see things just go round and round. 
from one perspective. Aimlessly recurring cycles in nature, fall, winter, spring, summer. Circumstances over which we have no control. Death coming to everyone sooner or later. Men die like beasts. Good men like bad. Wise men like fools. You see evil running rampant. The rotters get on and the good men and women sometimes don't. And life seems unfair. It's a realistic look at life. This world in which you and I live. Once you conclude that there really is no rhyme nor reason to what happens, what profit, what value, what gain, what purpose, if life is senseless, then it is also valueless. Isn't that what we see in 2023? When, when you remove, when you remove sense, common sense, you end up with no values, no morals, no absolutes. Don't you hate it when that happens? <laughs> if life has no meaning, no purpose, what is the point of working to create things, to build a business, to make money, to seek wisdom, when you can't take any of it with you? What point is there then in sweating and toiling at anything? All is vanity from one perspective, without God in the picture. Everything is vanity. Nothing makes sense. But when you have God in the picture, you, you find that there's a divine purpose, even if you don't know it, even if you don't understand it, there's a divine purpose in everything. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs. And the whole point of this book, in verse 11, the words of the wise are like goats, like a cattle prodder. to get us off our seats. To stop all this navel-gazing and get on with the business of living life. Jim Packer says that Ecclesiastes is his favorite book. Imagine. 
Let me quote him. Life's best being the enjoyment of the basics. One's work, one's meals, one's marriage. Ecclesiastes, he says, makes me want to laugh out loud and cheer. For this too is what I felt all my adult life. My built-in makeup as an anti-Pollyanna reality man anchors me in Ecclesiastes' corner, where realism is the name of the game. I know, of course, that feelings in the sense of emotionally charged intuitions, especially gloomy ones, can be quite unrealistic. So it gives me a large charge to find that some of my deepest reactions belong to biblical wisdom. He goes on to say that the text that runs around his head most often is the exit line. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. When life doesn't make any sense... You plan and you scheme, but those plans often come crumbling and falling down. So let me, let me look at this conclusion with you. And I want to say three things. First of all, it isn't any more complicated than this. Fear God and keep his commandments. There's a sense in which we could go on and on and on analyzing life and repeating ourselves and coming to the same conclusions, never getting a proper answer. You could write many books of the making of books. There is no end, he says. And you could study and study and study the meaning of life, but it's a weariness because you're never going to understand the providence of God. There's a sense in which the book of Ecclesiastes is like a broken record. Well, you remember records, LPs, 45s, 78. We've got a few 78s in the corner here. <laughs> and do you remember that annoying thing in the middle of a Beethoven symphony and there was a click and it just repeated that it got stuck in the groove, click, click. Well, Ecclesiastes is a bit like that. It just goes round and round and round but it doesn't ever come to any conclusion. What is the meaning of life? Except this one. Fear God and keep his commandments. It's basically simple, isn't it? You can make it complicated. You can make life terribly complicated, like poor Job did, understandably. Asking question after question after question, questioning the justice of God. Did God give him an answer? No. 
You remember in chapter 38 when finally God speaks? He appears in a whirlwind. That's significant. You'd think he'd appear in a still small voice like he did to Elijah. But no, he appears in a storm. And he flips the table. Job has been asking questions after questions after questions. And now God comes and he's asking questions. And Job must give the answer. And his question number one was, where were you when I formed the foundation of the world? And you want to throw your hands up in horror and say, well, that's not fair. What sort of question is that? And that's the point. That the whole point of the book of Job, and it's the point of wisdom, wisdom literature. It's the point of Ecclesiastes that we may never fully understand, but it's not important that we understand. What's important is that God understands and that you trust him. Fear God and keep his commandments. You can make it complicated, but it really isn't all that complicated when you fear God. Where is the fear of God in the modern church? That fear of reverence, of awe. God describes himself as holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth is full of your glory. That vision, that, that amazing vision in Revelation 4 and 5 of Christ and John falling down before him as though he were dead, raptured by the greatness and awesomeness of Christ. Fear God and keep his commandments. Secondly, it isn't any less than that. Fear God and keep his commandments. You ought to be in a condition of reverence and loving obedience and the two go together there's a line in Psalm 34 and verse 9 oh fear the Lord you his saints for those who fear him have no lack they have a sense that they don't need anything else they have a sense of completion that this is what life is about, fearing God, bowing down before his immeasurable greatness, keeping our mouths shut when providence frowns and disabuses us of our sense of control. Amazing Grace was, was right after all. 
'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. It taught my heart to fear. It's part of an, an echo in wisdom literature that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to be a wise man, a wise woman. And it begins with the fear of God. Knowing that we don't know everything and cannot possibly know everything. That we are creatures and he's the creator. And that his purposes are beyond our understanding. But we live in the umbrella, as I often say, of Romans 8, 28. People ask me to sign books and, and, I mean, my books. And I was thrown aside 10, 15 years ago when somebody came up with a Bible and asked me to sign it. And I thought, dude, I didn't write this. (laughs) And I opened the Bible and there was Sinclair Ferguson's name. And R.C. Sproul was there, and and a whole host of of folk. And all of them have their favorite verse, their life verse. And they write it down. And mine is always Romans 8.28. That all things work together for good to those who are the called according to his purpose. Outside of that umbrella, there's chaos. There's evil. There's unpredictability. There's chance. But inside that bubble, there's control. There's a knowledge that somebody is guiding my life meticulously every day, watching over me, protecting me drawing me closer and closer to himself and to the goal that is every Christian's goal to be in heaven and to be with him and to see the beauty and splendor and majesty of the resurrected Christ. Fear God because this is the beginning of wisdom. Outside of that fear, there is folly and stupidity. To know him, to trust him, to love him. It's like a relationship in which we say to our beloved, I love you. And I love you exclusively. This is not an open relationship. My love for my wife, we've been married almost 47 years. I don't want to date anyone else. I tell her one and done. (laughs) That's my relationship with God. At least that's what I want it to be. 
And all around there are siren voices asking me to bow down and worship them, idols. Fear God. Every morning, every afternoon, every evening, when you're at a stoplight, remind yourself. This is the whole purpose of life. Fear God and keep his commandments. Walk in his ways. What did Jesus say, if you love me, keep my commandments? And with the help of the Holy Spirit, that obedience is not burdensome. It is our instinct. Because we are a new creation in Christ. Well, here's another Baptist hymn. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Well, it's a summary of Ecclesiastes. It's a summary of wisdom literature. But then there's a third thing I want to say. If it isn't any less than that, it isn't any more than that. Fear God and keep his commandments. Love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and your neighbor as yourself. In those two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets, Jesus said. What's the secret of a happy life? Well, you can stick your head in the sand and pretend you're in another world. But that's not Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is the most honest book in all the Bible because it is honest about what life is like without God. Life can come and hit you with a two by four across the head and it hurts. And the questions that we ask are real and urgent. Fear God. And fear God first and keep his commandments. You need to understand here the gospel logic of the conclusion of Ecclesiastes. Because it's not pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Try harder. That's not the lesson of Ecclesiastes. Love him. And know that he loves you in Christ. And when you love God, when you love Jesus, and when you know that Jesus loves you, because he died for you and rose again for you, keeping his commandments is not burdensome. It's what we want to do. It is our desire to follow him all the way home. He says, you notice in verse 10, the preacher sought to find words of delight. Words of delight. Words that bring comfort. Words that bring a sense of encouragement. We need all the encouragement we can get. We need all the comfort that we can get. Because life is hard. 
there are all kinds of pains and sorrows and difficulties and what you wish would have been in this room this afternoon. All of you know it in some form or another. And Solomon, whose wisdom is legendary, is saying to you, here's, here's how to live life and be content. Fear God and keep his commandments. You're expecting something way more profound, aren't you? As the conclusion of Ecclesiastes. And it comes something as a shock that Solomon would conclude with these simple words, fear God and keep his commandments. That pain that you have, that difficulty that you have, the questions that you've asked and have received no answers. And the way of contentment, the way of peace, the way of spiritual growth and maturity is to listen to what Solomon is saying. Fear God and keep his commandments. You notice he calls himself in verse 11 a shepherd. This is Solomon. He's a shepherd who loves his sheep and takes care of his sheep and he's got words of wisdom for you. He's examined everything under the sun. And without fearing God and keeping his commandments, everything is vanity. Everything is vanity. Now, not everything is vanity. He's, he's exaggerating. He's making a, trying to make a point. There are things that you understand and there are things that you should understand. But when you take God out of the picture, everything just falls apart. It becomes a cruel sort of vanity. And you can read the headlines and the newspapers and news outlets today and what will you conclude? That without God, everything is crazy, we say. Vanity, Solomon says. But when you have God in the picture, it doesn't mean that you understand it any better. It just means that you know that he does and that you trust him and that you walk with him day by day. Well, I hope this little brief tour through Ecclesiastes has given to you uh, an interest in the book of Ecclesiastes. Maybe it's not your favorite book like it is was for Jim Packer. Um, every time I read the book of Ecclesiastes, I, I, just, I just think this is an incredible book that somehow or other is able to manage to analyze 2023 written 3,000 years ago. But it could have been written yesterday. Well, let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Thank you for 
giving us the book of Ecclesiastes for the wisdom of Solomon and in that he was a type of Christ who is called the wisdom of God Father we we pray that we might heed this wisdom to fear you and to keep your commandments to walk in your ways and may we know that peace that passes all understanding that keeps garrisons our hearts in the knowledge of Christ Jesus and hear us we pray we ask it in Jesus name Amen <laughs>